0: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today. And the gun hurts.
1: Takes the snap. He's back. He's going to run. He's in. Touchdown,
2: Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts on the quarterback draw scores, and the Eagles can take the lead with the extra point.
3: Yeah, they took the lead and didn't relinquish it. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the Chickies and Peets Players' Lounge. We're Chickies and Peets in South Philly. Ike Reese, my co-host, Elliot Shore Parks. What's up, E? What up, man? How you doing? Well, listen, before we get into the game, since our, our, our star player of the game is with us tonight in our first segment, uh, he's, it's his first year in the city as a Philadelphia Eagle. Listen, we're going to forget the fact that he played up the turnpike. We're not going to even worry about that. We're not going to even, you know, don't, don't even worry about it. Played in Carolina as well. I love his story and his journey to the NFL. He really has been one of the bright spots uh, on this defense this year, and I'm excited to talk with him tonight to get a chance to learn a little bit more about him. Eagles cornerback James Bradbury is in the house. And, and, and by the way, and by the way, um part of the number one duo at the cornerback position in the NFL. Uh James, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Um, we're gonna get into the game, right? E, yeah. I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get your thoughts in just a second. But James, first of all, welcome to the city. Um, welcome to this is listen, this is just a small example of what the Philadelphia fan base <laughs> is like. Um we know, this is your, we know this is your first year here. No pressure on you and your agent or Howie Roseman and his team. But uh, we would like it if it's not your last year here. So <laughs> I'll get that out of the way already. Hopefully, hopefully you and Slade can play here for a few more years, man. Um, so how's it been for you uh, being here? First of all, has, has Philadelphia, has it been what you thought it would be playing here in the city?
4: I uh, definitely—it's been what I thought I was, thought it would be. You know, like you said, the fans—they uh, th- show a lot of enthusiasm uh, for the team, and they show us a lot of support. And of course, we've been winning, so we've been receiving all the love. You know, um, so it's been—it's been fun. I, I enjoy the food. I think the most. <laughs>
3: So he's a corner that enjoys the food. How about that? I mean, normally we get that from offensive linemen or deep. I was gonna say linemen. he might be a <laughs>
1: linebacker soon. You know, he, yeah. I got a strict diet, so especially go. in season, I'm sure. But uh, so when you did come here, obviously the opportunity to win, I'm sure, was part of it. But playing opposite of Darius Slay, how much did that mean when you decided to come here? And what's it been like lining up opposite him?
4: Honestly, well, um, I didn't think about it too much during the process after I got released. Uh, but when the opportunity came up, uh, of course, I got excited, um, and I did definitely wanted to be a part of a good duo that can yeah. match up with um, the offenses in uh, this across this league. Because so most offenses that we play, they usually got two good receivers. Mm-hmm. They probably got a third that can they can make some shake too. Um, so playing alongside him has been pretty fun. Um, so I, I watched him from far, from afar since my rookie year. Um, and just being around him and soaking up the game from him has uh, definitely made a lot, meant, meant a lot to my career and this year.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I think I've been amazed at the most is how you guys, not just you and uh, Slade, but the, the secondary as a whole, you know, Marcus Epps back there, uh, CJ coming in. Um, I mean, hell, when did, when did they trade for CJ? Like, what, it was a like two weeks? days before week one. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. Sure. yeah. So the, the fact that you guys have been able, and throw Avante in there as well mm-hmm. as, as the third corner, but well, you guys have been able to play well together without having a lot of experience of playing together. What, so what do you attribute that to, that you guys have been able to sort of seamlessly come together and not have as many, let's say, mental errors as one would think?
4: I attribute that to uh, having good coaches. Um, you know, they coach us up on the details and they harp on the details quite often. Um, and then next, you know, I put it on, you know, we got we play on a great defense. Our front seven is really good, and as a cornerback, as a, a nickel safety, you know, a, a, a good D line is like your best friend, um, and we depend on that a lot. So I, I credit the D lineman uh, secondly, and then third, you know, I got some great players on the second level as well. Um, at safety, like you said, Marcus Epps, I feel like he's our enforcer. You know, uh, CD, he brings us the juice. You know, he's been he's a he's he's leading the intercept. I mean, leading the league in interceptions. Uh, so he's been creating a lot of turnovers over uh, for us in critical moments of the game. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you got Slate's elite corner. Uh, and you got me on the other side. Abonte. And you throw Avante yeah. in there. There's so That's many weapons. Yeah. We got so many weapons. You know, Josiah Scott, he's been um, he's been playing well with the absence of uh, Avante. Mm-hmm. So we've been to um, – and uh, Kayvon Wallace. You know, he's come in on Don packages and played well, uh, well for us as well. So we got a lot of weapons back there, you know.
1: It, it is telling, too. I mean, you brought up Kayvon. Uh, Zach McPherson has had to come in at times this yep. year, and he's played well. You know, bringing in CJ, right? Even Robert Quinn in the front seven, you've had to bring him in. It seems like the defense has done a really good job of when you have to putting guys in and out, and I'm happy that you mentioned the coaches because Jonathan Gannon can be a bit of a, a hot topic here in the city. I would say, right? People, some people uh, love him. some people hate <laughs> him. right? You know, they hate the soft defense. Is kind of what they uh, they. I was going to say it. that's
3: probably more of what it is for. Yeah, some Yeah, playing it? off coverage, yes, right? Yes,
1: but uh, my question for you was um, coming to, coming to this team. What's your experience been like with Gannon? Uh, just in terms of what type of coach he is, but more so like just what's he like personally? Because we don't really get to see a chance, especially the fans, to see him, you know, behind the scenes.
4: Uh, he definitely has a lot of juice, uh, mm-hmm. mainly like before practice and on game days. But um, as a coach in the meeting rooms, I would say he's like most of the coaches I've been around. He's a pretty good teacher, yeah. You know, and as a and a, and a good people's person. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a coach, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to uh, report the, the, the gentleman in the room have a good rapport with them, and you also have to be able to speak with uh, speak to them with respect because it's, it's grown men at the end of the day yeah. in there. And like you said, we got a lot of veterans that have come in. So it's a lot of older gentlemen in the room, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and he also knows a lot about football. You know, he's played in different systems. I mean, he's coached in different systems. Uh, so he has a wealth of knowledge. Well, See, it, what,
3: it seems like he, he, he also trusts you guys as veterans. Like, you guys will have input, like if there's something you feel comfortable with doing or Slay does. Seems like the coaches, at least with Jonathan as the defensive coordinator, is flexible enough that he'll he'll at least take advice or some sort of uh, input from his players as well.
4: Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would say he allows us to play, you know, whatever we, technique we feel is comfortable, or suitable to the coverage that he calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the game, you know, of course, there's adjustments that needs to be made, and he uh, listens to us and, and he takes those words and, um, and he usually um, uses them to the corrections.
1: Well, it is interesting because so many players, when they talk about Gannon, mention how willing he is to allow them to adjust their game to his scheme, right? Right. I remember talking to you, actually, about this in the locker room, about why the corners play off coverage, right? Because that's one thing people do get upset about. You know, if it's third and seven, why are they six yards off or whatever? But you guys have created a lot of turnovers that way, your ability to see the field, to, to see what's coming. And I think, obviously, you guys and Gannon both deserve credit for that. But I think the secondary coach as well, Nard Wilson, uh, it seems like oh, you guys yeah. all really enjoy him. I know around the league he's viewed as a real up-and-coming coach. What's he like and what's working with him been like?
4: Uh, you know, I respect him as a person, first and foremost. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's, uh, he's honest with us, you know, no matter the situation, no matter the outcome of the game um, or practice. You know he's gonna be honest with us, and that's all you. That's all I wanna. I ask of my position coaches to be honest with me, and of course listen to me. Um, yeah. If we do have a a, a di- disagreement about something, uh, but he's a good teacher as well. You know, uh, the, the system that we have isn't. I mean, it's not a simple one, but it's not like an overly extravagant system too. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, we can learn it, uh, but they do a good job of teaching it to us.
1: What's interesting about the coaching staff too? Sorry, just real quick is. It seems like it has to be the youngest coaching staff in the league, between Gannon, Denard Wilson, Nick Sirianni. I mean, the linebacker's coach looks like he could be on the practice squad this year. Like, you got, they, they all look the, the, the same age. I'm just curious, uh, from your experience in the league, what's been the benefit of having a coaching staff that maybe you know is, isn't way older than you guys? Are you guys able to relate better because of that?
4: Yeah, I think we relate better. Um, and then, I, I mean, you got to also credit the coaches and their personality. You know, they, uh-huh. didn't, they didn't come in with big, big heads. They weren't cocky or arrogant. Yeah. You know, they didn't come in like they knew everything. Yeah. Um, and you got to respect that as a player. You know, they listen to us. Um, and that's all you, that I, I know in the past. You know, I've had coaches that didn't listen to us. Um, that probably to the, wasn't to the, too fun, yeah. It wasn't fun. <laughs> um, and usually the outcome wasn't good either. Yeah. So the fact that they're young and they're willing to listen to us, you know, it just, it just earns our respect even more.
3: I tell you, you're a vet, man, and, and we're on with the Eagles cornerback James Bradbury, you're a veteran, you've been to the Pro Bowl, you've been up there to that mountaintop. Obviously, you want to be in a position where – you can put that jewelry on your finger, right? You're at that stage of your career, you know. Not that you don't want to make more money, but you certainly have made money. And the fact that you didn't you didn't come in as some high draft pick that it was given to you, you had to earn everything that you've gotten. Um, talk about like sort of the importance of at this stage of your career thinking about you know winning, not looking too far ahead, but also you know having that goal as part of a reason why you came to Philadelphia. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I definitely saw from afar the uh, roster they were building. Uh, of course, in, I mean Philly went to the playoffs last year, so I just assume you know if you keep building on that same team, they got potential to do more. Uh, so of course, the potential of the team, I saw that before I got here. Um, and then me being in this process of my career, of course, like you said, I made the money. Um, but also, I mean, being on a, on a winning team, you know, it also takes snaps off your body. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've been on losing teams, and usually it's because. I mean, either we was getting scored on a lot or the Mm -hmm. offense wasn't really producing like we needed to. And that forced the defense to be on the field, which caused more explosive plays and it caused you to be in um, worse situations. Uh, But, you know, we have a a strong offense here, Mm -hmm. you know, and they help us out, and we we try to help them out as well. You know, it's like it's a give-and-take relationship. You know, it's three different teams, special teams, offense, and defense, and they all three got to work together.
3: Did you see anything last year when you had a chance to go up against the Eagles, you know, playing with the Giants, that – sort of intrigued you about the team. Even if it's like going up against the offense, a little young going up against a young guy like Devontae Smith, like did you sorta of see how the Eagles were sort of a young team that was on the rise?
4: Yeah, you could definitely see the talent that they had. You know, Jalen you just gotta start the quarterback. Yeah. You know, he was he was able to throw the ball and also run the ball. And anytime as a defense you gotta be you gotta guard both from a quarterback, it puts you um a, um some sense of a handicap, really. Push your ties up by your hand behind your back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they had a good running back, Miles Sanders, um, Kenny, uh, Kenny. He's a good running back as well. They got Boston Scott, guys that come in. Uh, so they had three good running backs. And then you add another receiver to the weapon that they already had with uh, Quez Watkins. Uh, you got Zach, you got A.J. Brown. You know, they got a multiple ways of uh, scoring touchdowns, even with the tight ends, with yeah. Dallas. yep. Um, and then, you can talk about the O-line, one of the best O-lines in the league. So. You definitely saw the potential you know it was just about putting those small pieces in there as well
1: you you've an interesting uh perspective on Jalen because you played against him this year and obviously now you're a teammate with him you saw him you went up against him in training camp you know obviously not on sundays but throughout the week you practice against him what have you seen just kind of from last year when you had the game plan against him to now like what differences do you see in his game
4: um i think i didn't see a difference in it like i could tell last year when i was with the giants that he had a strong arm uh-huh. he could throw the deep ball well uh, you just see it more now because of the weapons that he has. Yeah. You know, AJ right. Brown, uh, I know we played the Steelers. He caught two play. I mean, he caught two or three touchdowns um, mm-hmm. on deep balls. You know. Yeah. Um, and then you got Devontae Smith. He made a, a great deep ball catches um, against the Redskins. He made a great seven. He made a great play on the seven cut in the red zone. He mm-hmm. played the Redskins. So you got guys that can attack the ball. Yeah. So now you can really see his arm strength and you know his, his touch on the ball.
1: Well, one thing I remember from training camp, too, speaking of Devontae, is you guys would be matched up a lot in in, in training camp. What was going against him like, and uh, how did that help your game? And then, you know, did you guys enjoy that competition every day?
4: Yeah, we definitely enjoyed it. Um, going against A.J. and going against Devontae was definitely different because uh, A.J. is definitely a bigger body. Yeah, He's not as quick as um, Devontae, but even when you put your hands on A.J., he doesn't. You can't move them like you can move Devontae <laughs> once you get right. your hands on him. Yeah. Right. But it's also harder to get your hands on Devontae. So
1: especially at the line, I would imagine
4: at the yeah. line. So yeah. it's definitely hard. Um, so you, that's why I like playing like off the ball and on. You know, you try to mix it up so the offense doesn't get engaged on how you're playing. Mm-hmm. And like if you just play press man all the time, they're going to just start to take take shots, nine balls all day. And it's hard to play against that consistently and make plays just because the way they they, they have the game with the refs mm-hmm. can't really touch receivers and quarterbacks are too good. You know, they're going to put the ball where it needs to be most of the time
3: i know this is your first year and we're getting ready to take a break we're on with the eagles cornerback james bradbury yeah. but james yeah. we had bradbury. we had we had about we had about five to ten years here where corner the cornerback play was not very good i'll just be kind and say likes that. being real kind yeah the, yeah the cornerback play was not very good and that's no disrespect even to our super bowl tandem cornerbacks we, we've been looking for guys like you and Slay, the size, the athleticism, uh, the confidence, all of that. And, man, it's, it's, it's the best duo of corners we've had here in almost two decades. And I'm not just saying that. These fans know that, too. So, hey, listen, I want to get into yesterday's game with James. I wanted to go through a little bit of getting to know James and just getting a chance to talk to him. We're going to ask you your favorite colors and that type <laughs> of stuff. So, But I wanted to do that first and foremost. We'll talk about yesterday's big win in Indianapolis. Team was down by 13. And you know what? There is a never-say-die attitude with this football team. You guys wanted to see how they would handle adversity, what they showed you yesterday. Big win. I can't wait to talk to James about that on the other side. We're Chickies and Pete's in South Philly, everybody. Come on down. It's only the number one sports bar in America, and yes, they paid me to say that right here on 94 <laughs> WIP. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94WIP. It is the Chickies and Pete's Players Lounge. We're at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. Uh the day after the Eagles pick the Eagles pick up their night. Okay, yeah, Monty G's in the house, in case anybody is yeah. listening, throw a yeah. night off over yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they keep hearing that i'm sure they hear it in the background yes yeah, that's, yeah. that's Monty G. Uh, a legend yes a legend as an as as a philadelphia sports fan he's yes. a legend he's a legend uh james i want to keep Art- i, I want to call you jb but i don't feel like i know you well enough to call you, call you me jb, JB. <laughs> okay yeah call jb, call <laughs> JB. I feel, he's in the players line yeah last i mean yeah, yeah. I, you know call me james i'm like okay i don't know you know slay had to remind me 20 times like don't call me darius yeah, it's, it's yeah he doesn't like that yes But I finally got it by halfway through the show. Uh, I mean, halfway through the season a couple years ago when he first got here. Let me ask you a little bit about playing with Slay before we get into yesterday's game.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, He is the vocal one over there. And you are somewhat the more reserved one. Only seem like you speak when you feel like it's necessary to speak. You, you, You feel like you got an appreciation for a guy that wants to do all the talking on the other side.
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely when it's time to uh, break down the huddle. Right. <laughs> uh, he, he always breaks down the huddle most of the yeah. time.
3: I felt like I had teammates that was like, yeah, let Ike just run his mouth. Yeah, he talks a lot. Just let him go. He wants to
1: In talk. the locker room, Ike was yeah, just going off. Like, yeah, yeah. He just,
3: he just go. So yesterday's game, JB, man. All right, let me. how do I start this? Coming off that game Monday night. Everybody's talking about the defense in the city. Everybody in the city is talking about the defense, not from a passing standpoint, <laughs> but more or less stopping the run and that sort of thing. So you get to yesterday's game and everyone's a little concerned. First drive, whatever Indy did, it worked well on the first drive. They came out. That was probably their best drive of the game. They never scored another touchdown. And I thought the defense, I thought the defense answered the bell on more than one occasion yesterday. I just wanted to get just your thoughts on what was the mindset of the players coming off the first loss, going into that game yesterday. Do you guys hear the noise on the outside when your when your coordinator is being questioned or the defense is being questioned? Do you guys hear any of that noise?
4: We don't hear all of the noise, but mm-hmm. we hear, we hear the like the uh, the main message. Yeah, you know, we we know after that first loss we didn't stop the run. You know so we knew going into this game we needed to stop the run of course they definitely punched us in the mouth in that first drive uh but like you said we responded um and typically in the league the first drive is usually the hardest Mm -hmm. uh because they usually throw uh some plays in there to try to get you off of the uh you know what they like to do that like like the first
3: scripted plays there yeah they try to find ways to to, to.
4: yeah so that first one is usually a little tough so we responded after that and uh, my mindset was pretty much you know we need to need to buckle down and we need to stop this run. that's one that's what's going that's what's going to win us the game. You know, if you stop the run, typically it limits the offense, and they have to throw the ball after that. Um, and that was also the first time I realized that we um, we know that we trailed, mm-hmm. and then we came back. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you well, certainly
1: hadn't trailed in the first, first
4: quarter, quarter. yeah. No, <laughs> I
3: think there was I think it was the
1: first time all year the Eagles trailed in the first quarter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or yeah, no, cause um, I guess the Jaguars, but outside of that, that would be yeah. the only other game.
3: Yeah, that's right. That was a. Um, the fourteen the, the and nothing. Six, yep, yeah, the pick
4: six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it didn't feel like that when we was on the field. You know, we all we were confident the offense was going was going get it uh, get it picked up and uh, put some points on the board. Uh, we just needed to stop the run. You know,
1: Jonathan Taylor. I think he had maybe forty seven yards or something like that on the first drive, first drive and then he yeah. didn't have that many the rest of the game. About seven yards of carry on the opening drive. You guys held him to just two point one yards the rest of the carry uh, the rest of the game. Going into the game, like what was the game plan in terms of maybe what you saw and how you wanted to stop him and were there any changes you made after the first drive or was it pretty much the game plan that you worked on throughout the week?
4: Well it was definitely the game plan that we worked out worked on throughout the week. Um, like I said, you know, they, they caught us um, I guess slipping in some calls, you know, on, on the first drive. But after that, you know, I defense alignment like Sue came in, yep. LJ, we had new guys that came in um, to kind of help out the O I mean the D linemen that we already had. Um, and I think they just started to get adjusted to the game, you know, big uh, Robert Quinn, he was getting adjusted to the game. Um, Kazira, all those guys were getting adjusted, um, and that's when they started to turn it on. They really just got after the, the run game.
1: It was really one of the more dominating performances you guys have had, had to to have this year because, I mean, let's be honest, offense did, did not play well for the majority of the game. You guys had to almost play perfect football after that first drive to keep this thing close. Did you guys feel like you were in the zone at a certain point? I mean, the, the Colts were barely getting first downs after that first drive. At what point did you feel like, all right, we're pretty comfortable that we're going to be able to hold this team to a low enough uh, you know, point total that the offense can can get it done?
4: Yeah, I think we knew we were confident in ourselves to uh, limit the Colts. Um, but then I know we just wanted to create turnovers. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, not allowing not allowing explosive plays and creating turnovers is, is usually what wins you the game. Um, and Marcus Epps came up with a huge turnover that we really needed in the perfect time timing of the game. Um, and that's what that, that's what kind of got us started. You know, I think what the offense gave him some momentum and whatnot. Spe-
1: um, oh, I'm sorry, just real quick. Speaking of, of turnovers, you guys have been amazing this year at forcing them. I don't know what you're at now. Maybe 17 on the year, something, oh, at least. something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've you've been good at throughout your career too at, at, at picking the ball off. Is there something this coaching staff does different than other places you've been that you think is is why you guys are able to force this you know pretty insane amount of turnovers?
4: I don't think they do anything differently, but they do what what they need to do the correct way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're good teachers, they're good people. Uh, you know they're able to talk to us, uh, get uh, relay that message without being jerks. Um, and you know they they know a lot about the game. They have a wealth of knowledge. You know, like you said, I, Coach Denard Wilson, he has a wealth of knowledge, and I learned from him. Through, I'm learning. I'm still learning from him mm-hmm. um, throughout the season. You know, and they do a good job of breaking down the film for us and giving us tendencies leading up into the game, which help helps us put put us puts us in position to make plays on the ball. Um, and that's another thing that you ask for your coach Just help give me some tips and tendencies that I can pay yeah. attention to pay attention to throughout the game to where I can make a player or two. You know,
3: and the thing, e um that happened yesterday that didn't happen monday because monday is the only game we can go back to and, and draw that draw something from as far as areas that we can have constructive criticism where the team needs to get better at or where they didn't play necessarily well but i think the thing that i noticed that was different yesterday from monday as washington was running that ball and they were getting three yards here three yards there the Eagles couldn't get Washington in a situation where it was 2nd and
1: 15. Yep, 1st first and, first and 12. 1st yeah, yep.
3: so, so you weren't getting enough negative plays early. That's what happened yesterday after that first drive is that we were able to win on 1st and 2nd down. TJ Edwards came up and made a big play, a big tackle like for a three-yard loss on a a swing route. No one else there, by the way. He misses him, yeah. Great open field tackle there. So when you're starting to get plays like that, even when a guy like Fletcher gets a holding call, well, that's 10 yards. So now instead of it being second and two or second and three, it's second and 13, second and 14. So it puts the Eagles in a situation where they can sort of dictate what the offense is going to do versus – sitting on your heels man it's hard jb and you and you can vouch for this it's hard to defend second and two third and two because the offense has so many options they can sort of attack a defense with you got to get them in third and seven second and fifteen that way you guys can sort of do what you want to do and if the quarterback is going to test the outside man it, it usually ends up bad for the offense
4: Definitely. Uh, Coach Nick has a saying, you know, you earn the right to rush the passer. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, he usually says that to the D-line and, of course, the safeties and linebackers because uh, we got to stop the run on first and second, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and create negative plays, which put us in better situation on third down.
1: Speaking of Nick, I mean, this was, and it's crazy because it's week you know, 11 at this point, but this was your first week you went through where you guys were coming off a loss, right? I mean, obviously you weren't here last year. Right. What, what was Nick like this week? Was he different than the other weeks when you were coming off wins? Like, just what was his whole uh you know mood like yeah because I mean, he was obviously pretty emotional after the game but the, the we- leading up to the game what was he like
4: honestly I think he kept it the same he kept it the same he was the same guy yeah the same guy
1: well it's funny a- after the game uh and I wanted to get your opinion on this too I mean I saw him walking out of the uh the, the field into the tunnel you could tell he was very emotional about the win uh what was he like uh in your post in the post game speech to you what, what was it like uh, oh, yeah. what was he
4: like I mean, you could definitely see it on his fa- on his face. You know that um, that he was like. Of course, we were affected as players that it was a tough uh, fault game. Yeah. Before, through all four quarters, mm-hmm. uh, but you could see it on his face too. You know, like like he was out there playing with us. You know, <laughs> um, he got an emotional, of course, after the game. Um, but I mean, it was an emotional game because you know we co- we're coming off the loss. Uh, we want to get our mo- want to want to get our momentum going back swinging. And, of course, going against the Colts, um, you know he had some ties over there. Yeah. Uh, Going against those guys, he definitely wanted to get this win, and we wanted to get the win for him.
3: Let me tell you, E, I've been in that position. We don't need to relitigate that from 2006 or 2005. Yeah, I got all these players kicked out the game on the (laughs) Eagles. So, No, stop, man. Yeah, 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 we're going to relitigate that, yeah, because the fans fans haven't necessarily uh, forgiven me for that one back in 2005. He was a spy
1: for a year over there in Atlanta.
3: (laughs) But. I do understand the emotion that goes into playing your former team. And you got to think, I loved the Philadelphia Eagles. I loved them when I was in Atlanta. I I kept in touch with all my former teammates here. So it wasn't that I had hatred for the Eagles, but there was still something in me that said, I want to show them that they made a mistake by allowing me to leave. Yeah. That's just... What it is my, my all my, my teammates my close friends were still there it didn't mean i didn't want to beat them so i say that to say we'll play the giants in a few weeks and i'm sure james will have jb i have those things he'll it, it he wants to win that game as well you know what i'm saying so i, I understand Nick <laughs> having that sort of emotional tie to going back and coaching against a team that he worked for and that his good friend and mentor sort of worked for before he got fired I I completely get that. I want to get JB's thoughts on the offense struggling for three quarters. So I'm always interested in the sideline, right? Because it's easy to be a good teammate when everything is going well. Yesterday, you guys had to deal with a little bit of adversity. Offense was struggling. What was the sideline like? It it, it seemed like there was no panic over there. I just want to get from your your viewpoint. What was that like on the sideline when you guys were, were down those first three quarters?
4: Yeah, I mean, there was there wasn't any panic. Uh, of course, like when you look out there and you see we're not we're not performing well, and um, which we we've had games as a defense that we weren't performing well, and the offense was like they was hitting on all cylinders. Right. You know, they was getting it right, and we weren't getting it right. Uh, so I just look at it as it was our time to step up. You know, and help help the other phase out when they needed help. Um, and fortunately, we came through for, through for the offense.
1: Well, just to piggyback off of both both what you said, you know, you mentioned Nick going up against the Colts. One thing that I I think, and I'm curious to get your opinion on this, that makes Nick a really good head coach is he very much values relationships. Like you can tell Nick really cares when he talks to someone. And you saw that with Frank, right? Like the fact that it was so personal to him that they would fire Frank and he was so worked up about it. I don't know if you saw the video of him jumping up and, you know, cheering with the fans after the win and and all that. And then to the sideline, like I see that kind of in the players too. Like Nick has created a real family atmosphere there where I feel like he acts like he really cares about you because he does. And as a result, it's a really tight locker room. I mean, has that been your experience so far?
2: Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher Online Shop stage... all lowercase. Go to shopifycom podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopifycom podcast.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
4: Uh, that's definitely been my uh, my experience, um, and I don't know if that's him being younger or whatnot. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, you know, you don't get to feel as you're expendable. Um, and I know a lot of times in the, being in this league, you can get that feeling. Even like as a coach, yeah. um, you can get the feeling of being expendable. Um, and anytime you get in a situation where your coaches don't make make you feel like that, you know, it's a positive situation.
3: Yeah, yeah you can tell you guys certainly have fun playing for him. And he, he certainly has a deep care about you guys as his, as his player. So, um, man, this city is all about passion and emotion, and we all wear our passion and our emotions on our sleeves in the city. I think that's going to work out well. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, sort of wrap up the Colts game and get into a little bit of Packers. You got the Packers coming up here Sunday night and we'll spin around the league. I know you didn't get a chance to watch many, any other games around the league JB, but Elliot certainly did and I certainly did. So we'll do that. We got one more segment with Eagles cornerback James Bradbury right here at Chickies and Pizza in South Philly. It's the yeah. Players Lounge right here on 94 WIP. Yeah. Welcome back Sports Radio 94 yeah. WIP.
4: So. <laughs>
1: yeah. Monty G always brings it man, <laughs> yeah. you know, like
3: Yeah. I was gonna say, Monty, let me let me get through the, the, the call back in and then, <laughs> and then give me the baby baby. Yeah, then give it to me. No, I love Monty G man. Love Monty G. Good to see you, brother. Good always good to see that smile. And Monty G has on a hat right now. I gotta make sure I get one of these hats. We rock one of those, JB. Yeah,
4: I, I will. Yeah, I mean, just for you. What's it say? Fly man. Eagles, fly, yeah, out yeah,
3: there But it's like, it's but it's moving. Like, yeah. yeah, it's got lights on it, man. Come on, man.
1: It's like light break from back in the it's day. Remember
3: that, thing or whatever. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eagles cornerback James bradbury in the players' lounge tonight. Yeah. elliot Short Parks here. ESP. uh What was the crowd like? Now, it's, the Eagles fans are known for taking over stadiums. Yeah. When you had, when we go on the road. For sure i i'll say this i didn't it didn't seem like we took over what's now houston we took over that stadium what's for the one, sure what was the road even game though the before phillies houston? were
1: in the uh world
4: series what was, was the road like,
3: game before houston we played <laughs> they somebody all blend on together the road. at
4: this yeah. point yeah, um, yeah, um it was I, arizona
1: i think maybe
3: or no we,
4: we had a lot of fans in arizona yeah, yeah arizona a lot of fans
3: Bottom line is: Did you feel like the uh, the the stadium yesterday? Well, in, Indy. That's all they have there is the Colts yeah, and the
1: Pacers. It was good fans. I'm not going to lie. The offense only having three points for three quarters it was a bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, for, for the fans. But <laughs> but right. at the end of the game, when you guys took the lead with a minute to go, it certainly seemed like them. there was a lot more green yeah. in the uh, in the stands at the end. But yeah, I mean, all season, obviously the fa- the fans have traveled have mm-hmm. traveled really well.
3: Yeah. Well, I didn't know. You know, sometimes Indianapolis isn't maybe not a type of is – isn't a city that everybody's to to. Well, I'll say this. When I was walking running to get
1: to, out yeah. from the game back to my hotel, there was a lot of, you know, Go Birds, Eagles yeah. chants and stuff on the yeah. way back. Yeah, Colts fans stunned. Yeah, they, they were upset about that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Stunned yesterday. So, JB, this game is 16, 16 – no, I'm going to go back before they got to the 16th point because they hit a big play over my guy Josiah. Uh, Spartan Dog. They, they hit a big play over him to get down to like the four-yard line. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, if they get a touchdown here, this is pretty much going to be the game. Because now you're going up two scores. And man, the defense stepped up once again, uh, stopped the run, and then Hassan Reddick with the huge sack on Matt Ryan there. Just talk about always bring up how the pass rush and the coverage is sort of married together. And these guys sort of you basically benefit each other. Sure. So, so talk about just how how guys like Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, with the big sack late in the game on Matt Ryan. How your pass rush has been been there for you
4: guys this year? Yeah, man, it's so many of them. You know, we had a we've had quite a few games where some of them have had multiple sacks. Javon
3: Hargrave, man, yeah. of the monster so, last month.
4: Yeah, I know as a, a um, as a corner, as a defender, with defensive back. You know, we look at our D line as the best in the league. Um, and we have so many weapons, um, it's kind of hard to name all of them. Uh, but we do know they're going to attack the quarterback, and we do know quarterbacks in O-line, you know, they're worried about our D-line. Yeah. So it helps us to play more aggressive. Um, and on the flip side, I feel like that's why we've been able to cause the takeaways and turnovers that we've been able to cause because yeah. our front seven is really, really scary.
3: And I brought that up, e, to 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 really also highlight another moment where if the defense gives anything, yeah. like, if they, like they give up a touchdown there, then you don't have that game. So having those stops
1: by the defense allowed the offense to eventually well, get it going. I, I said it before, but they literally had to play perfect football yeah. after that first drive. And, you know. I'm not trying to throw the bus, the offense under the bus too much, but you think about the fourth and ten that uh, they didn't get. That puts a defense in a tough spot. The Came AJ back in, didn't even let Indy get a first yeah. down after that. I know? mean, the only scoring drives you guys allowed the rest of the game were when they essentially started with the ball in field in goal field position. Goal range, even yeah. the special teams, right? It was a mm-hmm. short punt and and a, and a long return. So, yeah. it, you guys really, you know helped the offense out. But I think it just highlights, like, all year you guys have been playing since such complimentary football. Complimentary like, football. the offense yeah. puts you guys where you guys are playing with a lead, and you're able to kind of pin your ears back, at least from a defensive line perspective for you, yeah. more so you know that they're passing. But you guys really have played complimentary football all year.
4: For sure, and I think that's what um, once you have that complimentary football, you know, that's when guys can show, co- showcase their skills. Yeah. Um, and that's when you really see the talent in the guys, you know. And it's hard to display your talents when you're not on a winning team you know you're not doing well
1: so since week 10 there's no defense in the nfl that's uh giving up fewer points per game than you guys right so you think about you know week one in detroit right first game you're all together a lot of new pieces yeah where you've come since then like what what do you feel you guys have really improved on the most and if you want to speak about your game specifically or just a defense as a whole because to, to go on a stretch like that you know you guys are dominating right now in terms of keeping teams out of the end zone
4: yeah, it's just hard to pinpoint, you know, just one thing that's helped us to get to that, you know, it's, you know, our defensive defense line been playing well, you know, our, our coaches have been doing a good job of coming in with a good game plan on how to attack, you know, the offense or the offense to attack the defense. Um, you know, we, have made, we may play it on special teams, we may play plays on offense, you know, like you said, our offense always helped us to play with a lead um, and that, that helps us to play a more aggressive on defense, you know, and then, you know, when the offense isn't really going, uh, the defense, on our end, we, we say we need to step up, we need to yeah. stop the run, and we need to make plays. Um, and in the red zone, you know, the field shortens for the offense, so it's definitely mm. hard, harder to score for the offense. So it kind of plays in our favor, even though it's less yardage to work with. <laughs> um, but, you know, we made plays down there when we needed to.
1: I just want to correct myself. It's the last 10 weeks, not since week 10, because week 10 was literally, you know. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we kind of knew the what you The last mean. 10 yeah, weeks, yeah. my bad. Yeah yeah, 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 It wasn't as effective. Yeah, yeah, it was we, 10 we weeks. We kind of knew what you all meant. Right, yeah, yeah, we just, just want to make sure.
3: Yeah, I, I wouldn't have pointed it out. That's what no, a team does. It's it's what does. It's what we're here for, you know. Got yes. to correct ourselves. If, if JB wasn't here, then I would have I held you accountable. Yeah, I'm sure you would have. Yeah, <laughs> you, Mark Spritz. Yeah, would be on the drop board. Yeah. I wanted to bring up the mindset of the defense, right? As these offenses you guys are going to face, they're not going to want to throw the ball <laughs> against you guys too often. They more or less want to surprise you when they throw the ball. They want to come out and run the football. And being the guy in the secondary is a corner, and I know you you are a part of the run defense as well, but I just wonder for you guys yourself, Slay, uh, even the nickel corners, does it, does it ever get frustrating when, like, that's all you're getting is run, 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 at you when you're like, you're like, okay, you want to be in that position where you guys can make plays on the ball, but if you don't force an offense to throw the ball, then you're not going to get an opportunity to really make plays on the ball.
4: Yeah, I think at times it can definitely be frustrating, uh, but we also understand, you know, how teams are trying to attack us. You know, we have a great offense, so you gotta take, you want to take the ball out of the offense hand. One play keep away, yeah. You want play keep away, so you're yeah. you going to you don't have to run the ball to keep the ball out of their hands. Um, and you also, you don't want to turn the ball over either. So you definitely don't want to throw it too many times. And then if you drop back and throw it, you know, front save is gonna come after you. Right, yeah. um, So like you said, man, team team's gonna just try to run the ball and try to milk the cock, clock. Um, but, you know, that's just up to us as a defense to step up and just stop them from doing that, you know? And of course it, it takes adjustment throughout the week and whatnot.
3: So you're gonna get Green Bay coming in next Sunday night, uh, eight o'clock, national TV. Um, they're struggling a little bit on the offensive side of the ball, although uh, Christian Watson is starting to show why they drafted him in the second round. I think he's got five touchdowns in the last couple of weeks. But they want to run the ball also to sort of set up their pass. Um, I, I'm sure you faced Aaron Rodgers at some point in your career. What, what, what do you think is like like when you're going up against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, what's your game plan to try to make sure he doesn't look like A-Rod against you?
4: Well, first off, like you said, we got to stop the run. You know, if we stop the run and we create negative plays on first and second down, it puts us as the uh, the back seven puts us in better position. You know, on that second and long or that third and long. So that's the initial. And then the second thing, um, you know, you just watch film. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He's gonna make. He's gonna take chances. You know, he's gonna throw the ball, but he's gonna be really, really accurate with his passes. Um, He throws a great deep ball. so you, may, you just want to play with fundamentals and play uh, technique sound, keep your eyes in the right spot because, um, you know, we're on Sunday night, so it's going to be like double moves. They're going to try to create explosive plays right. here and there. Uh, but I, like you said, you got to stop the run first. Um, and you want them to pass the ball because you might create turnovers.
1: So I was going to say, uh, Sunday night football, prime time, your numbers over the last, really since you came in the NFL, but especially over the last however many years you want to say, have been some of the best in the league. You match up against number one receivers, you, you get pass breakups, you get interceptions. But do you enjoy the opportunity to go into prime time with the rest of the league watching, the whole country watching, and really show like I am one of the best corners in the NFL? Like, do you do you enjoy that prime time uh, spotlight?
4: I enjoy prime time games. I don't like the time of them. <laughs> yeah.
3: Amen on that one. Nobody man. wants yeah. to wait around all
1: day. Nothing like
4: a good one <laughs> o'clock game. Yeah. yeah, so I gotta. I usually have to adjust my schedule like the day before. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of try to stay up a little bit so that I sleep in or or that I'm able to like get a nap to kind of break up, just staying up I usually I'm up at 630 or like 7 a.m. to go to go to work or whatever. So I try to, you know, break up that that routine and try to give myself more time to sleep throughout the day because it's going to be a long day on game day.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I was going to add just off that, you know, this Nick talked a lot over the last uh, month or so, maybe the last three weeks about the sports science aspect of the franchise going on that short week. You talk about adjusting your schedule for uh, for night games like in this organization, I'm just curious, how does it compare to others you've been in, in terms of how they take care of the players and that type of thing?
4: You know, we start with Ted, with the strength and conditioning staff, uh, he does a good job of, you know, documenting and keeping up with the statistics and keeping up with uh, yeah. how much energy we use during practice, you know, during the game and what we need to make cutbacks and stuff. And Coach Nick, like I said, he does a good job of listening. You know, he listens to the strength and conditioning staff. Um, he knows he doesn't know everything about strength and conditioning, so he lets them handle that. He yeah. listens to his nutrition staff. He lets them handle that. Um, and I think that's what's helped us out throughout the year.
3: I tell you, man, it has been a pleasure getting a chance to get to know you a little bit tonight. Certainly have enjoyed the show. Uh, you guys got a big game coming up next week, 9-1. and one. I tell you, man, 9-1 and one feels Awfully good, but 10 and 1 will feel a lot better, man. Especially sure. in prime time. Uh, yeah. For sure, man. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Elliot, Thank happy you. Thanksgiving to you. Although Thank I'll talk you. to you yeah. tomorrow on the show. Shout out to everybody else down here, Chickens and Pizza South Philly. We got Monday Night Football coming up next. Arizona taking on San Francisco. Taz, Dave Breitmeyer, Tucker Bagley back at the studio. Thank you, guys. Thank you to everybody coming out tonight. Monday Night Football is up next. Man, I forgot was
0: about-